All right. Thank you very much, Kelly Robinson. I got to turn all my cards around here. I am ready. Kind of. Kind of. Good morning and welcome. We are glad to have you tuned. Seemed like as I came to the station, everything, well, the lights weren't all red, but the truck was farther up the hill than it needed to be, and I had more stuff to carry than I normally have, and I spilled my water bringing it in in my Yeti, and so now I'm hosed. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness, but it's a beautiful day across at least my part of Texas. Don't know about yours. I hope it is. Or if it's not a beautiful day, I hope you needed the rain, if that's what's happening. Good morning. Welcome to our program. We are here for the next hour. Happy, respectful, restful Memorial Day. I hope it's a good day for you. Give us a call if I can help you with some plant questions. That's what I'm here for for the next uh, almost an hour. Jared Taylor is in the other studio running the boards and answering the phones and looking for any kind of breaking news stories and uh, just whatever else people do when they have to keep big stations on the air and uh, be responsible to about 33 radio stations across the state of Texas that carry this program. That's what Jared does. All I do is answer garden questions. <laughs> I have the easy part. Here's the phone number. It's 888-256-1080. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. I love doing this program. I love it even more when you call. And, boy, what a great day to call. Lots of things left over from the winter. If you have questions about what's doing well and what isn't, I'll be happy to help you with that. Uh, it helps a lot on this program because I get to hear where you're from. On my Facebook page, people post questions. Neil, is this going to survive? And I don't know whether they're in Laredo or whether they're in Amarillo or whether they're in Beaumont or Alpine. And, boy, it makes a difference. And when, when you call, I can see where you're calling from. And we have a conversation. It's it's the old-fashioned way. We talk to each other. And so that's kind of nice. So give give me a call, won't you, please? It's live here uh, in uh, the Memorial Day weekend at 888-256-1080. 888-256-1080, the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Um, I'm going to stick right with what I've been saying all spring, and the professionals are doing the same thing so far. I'll be uh, polling them sometime next week or two, but live oaks, red oaks, all the oaks, sit right tight, don't be cutting them. Whatever you do, don't cut them down. They're not dead necessarily. Very, very, very few will have died from the damage from the cold. I still watch them. Uh, I have a new one that I, I mentioned to my wife last night. We were running some errands or yesterday afternoon. I said, I'm watching that live oak right there and marked uh, a business that we are uh, past frequently. I said, right across the street from such and such. And uh, I said, I'll watch that for the next two or three weeks, see how it does. Because that one down the street, about half a block, you see that? That's the one I've been watching, and it looks pretty good now. It's leafed out. So that's what we need to do. But don't be cutting oaks yet. It's not a good time to trim oaks anyway because of oak wilt. You need to wait until mid to late July to do any pruning on oaks in the first place. So you shouldn't be doing that. And, and uh, if you're sure one's dead, I guess you could take it out. You have no... Uh, uh, no chance of doing any damage to them uh, if it's dead already. But, but the odds of uh, an oak being killed by the February freeze are very, 
very, very low. That's according to the information from the Texas A&M Forest Service, from a bunch of arborists that I've spoken with, and a bunch of leading nursery people across the state of Texas. So that will get us off to that great start. Um, it's time to fertilize your lawn. If you haven't done so, it's certainly time. And if you did so back about 1st of April, you might think about fertilizing again if you've had a lot of rain. And it's almost time for the second application of pre-emergent weed killer. If you put something out in early to mid-March to prevent crabgrass and grass spurs, uh, the uh, material you would have used uh, probably was either uh, Dimension or Bayland or uh, Holtz, and it's time for the second application. And uh, those would be the materials that you would use. Uh, you can you don't have to match what you used the first time. You just need to get it put out, and uh, the early 90 days after the first application. So let's just say you made your application March 10, then June 10 would be your time for the second treatment. The reason for that is the pre-emergents are effective for about 100 days, and you need that booster shot to get you all the way through the summer too, because these weeds, crabgrass and grass burrs, can germinate. Uh, all the way through the the warm weather, the hot weather. Now, please know what crabgrass looks like. You know what grass burrs look like, sand burrs, sticker burrs. But please learn to identify crabgrass. So many people assume that they have crabgrass when they're actually looking at Dallas grass, D-A-L-L-I-S. Dallas grass is very dark green. It makes impenetrable clumps. It has seed heads that form a day or two after you mow, and they have little black specks all over the seeds. That's Dallas grass, and uh, the pre-emergents are not not effective on it. It's a perennial. It comes back from its roots. Pre-emergents have to attack seeds before they germinate, and to that effect, they would help only with the seeds of the Dallas grass. The Dallas grass is coming back from clumps. Crabgrass and grass burrs come back from seeds every year. They completely die at the end of the growing season, and so that's why you use those. One more thing before I take my first break, and then we go to our calls, uh, and, and that one more thing is that if you can find, and I hope you can, either Halts or uh, Dimension or uh, Baylan, I'm out of practice. If you can find one of those three pre-emergent weed killers now, so many of the places stalk them happily back in March, and then they close out and don't have them when you need them the second time. If you can find them, go ahead and buy enough for one more application right at the end of August or the first week of September for the winter weeds, those weeds that have just died in your lawn. And that would be annual bluegrass and rescue grass. Remember those that were so ugly in, in February, March, and April? Those you apply in, uh, in late, uh, late summer, very early fall. Last week of August, first week of September. Not trying to make this confusing. You just get in that pattern and you get it done. And, and it becomes second nature the second time around. So there you go. Um, okay, going to take a break. We will come back to uh, answer your questions. We have a couple of lines open only. Our first call will be Don and Brenham. And uh, Diane and Canyon. I love this, where we go from uh, South Central Texas to uh, to the uh, to the Panhandle in 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 one easy step. That would take you a very lengthy day to drive that, and we get to do it just from a switch a, a throw of a switch. That's kind of neat. All right, Niels Perry's Lone Star Gardening is my latest book. Uh, I have one pallet of them stacked in my dining room, and I will be signing those tonight. 
And as soon as I get off the air tomorrow and go to church and come home and do that, and then all day on Memorial Day, that's what I have to do, because I'm hoping to get them in the mail Tuesday. And that's uh, 672 books stacked vertically, uh, 40, uh, 42 books high. That's that's my task. I love the the chance to do that for you. Uh, we took uh, about a thousand books to the post office Wednesday, Thursday, and yesterday, and uh, I'm trying to get completely caught up with all prior orders by midweek. And we're making a lot of progress. My wife and I have been very busy. Uh, three of our grandchildren have pitched in to help, and so we're making a lot of progress. It helps to have school out for the summer. Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. I have the special offer in effect for a very limited time uh, more. Now, this is the offer I put in effect when uh, when I, I didn't have the book. It was a pre-print offer because I didn't have the book for about four weeks. I said, if you will buy it and uh, just be patient to wait, then... Uh, I will give you the book that will be $36.95 for $31.95. And I've left that in place because I've been behind on my signing. But as you heard, I'm about to get caught up. And uh, so that's the good news, and you'll get your book a lot more quickly now. I'm about two weeks behind now, and I can go through these pretty quickly. Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening, 11 chapters that cover every aspect of outdoor lawns, landscapes, fruit, flower, and vegetable gardening. Chapter 1 is the basics of gardening in Texas. Chapter 2 is the incredibly helpful 48-page calendar of when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all the plants in your landscape and garden. Then chapters 3 through 11 cover trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. All in one very tidy three-pound hardback book printed on high-quality paper in San Antonio. Got a new shipment of four more pallets uh, yesterday morning, and uh, they are all ready to go. So I'll be signing, signing, and more signing. You need to get it before the price goes up. It will never come back to thirty-one ninety-five again. Order now. It's not in stores, and it's not on Amazon. I sign every copy. Satisfaction is completely guaranteed. 65,000 copies sold. Not one request for a refund. And here is the way you get it. Uh, you can go to my website or you can call my office this next week, Tuesday through uh, Friday. And that is 800-752-GROW. 800-752-GROW. But the way that you can be sure you get in on this next and possibly last round of signings is to order online right now at neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L. S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. Why pay every month for a temporary storage facility when you can own a Mueller building? Mueller's backyard buildings are easy to assemble. They're affordable and they offer a permanent storage solution right there in your own backyard. With a variety of sizes available and more than 30 colors from which to choose, their backyard building kits complement any home or landscape. And if your standard, uh, if your equipment requires even more storage space, Mueller's standard series buildings are ready to go to work for you. They're fabulous. From workshops to big barns, these pre-engineered bolt-together buildings come in a variety of size and color options. You can also visit them online at MuellerInc.com. That's M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com. You can get a free customized building estimate. So whether it's a small backyard storage building 
building or whether it is a big commercial warehouse, whatever it is, you need to talk to the people at Mueller. And while you're there, click on their color selector tool. Make choosing the perfect combination of colors an easy decision. Greenhouses as well. To find out more about Mueller steel buildings and metal roofing, call 877-2-MUELLER, 877-268-3553, or visit them at MuellerInc.com. Mueller means more. Mueller Steel Buildings. I'll have more after this message. Thank you, Kelly, very, very much. We have uh, still have the two lines open. If you'd like to call, I'd love to hear from you. That's 888-256-1080. And uh, that's exactly the same number Kelly just gave you. I thought maybe in my voice you would hear it even more soundly. Let's go to Don in Brenham. First call of the day. Don, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. Happy Memorial Day to you. Thank you, sir. Same to you. How can I help you? You may have answered my question while I was dialing in. I have a large yard and a number of white oak, pin oak, water oak, whatever you want to call them, trees, and a couple of very, very large ones, uh, 30-inch diameter, and they are sparsely leafing out. And uh, looks to me like the freeze may have hurt them, and I was wondering whether or not to say one-third cut them back. No, don't do that yet. Yeah, and I was I was talking about that when you called, uh, when you were dialing. Um, let me let me put it a different way. Um, water oaks; those are are Quercus uh, nigra, and they are they are water oaks. I, I'm a native Texan. I get to I get to uh, chastise my fellow native Texans, <laughs> and okay. for some reason I don't know why native Texans call that pin oak. Uh, the, the northern pin oak, the true pin oak, is Quercus palustris, for anybody who cares to, to look them up. But water oak is a beautiful tree. It's sometime in, in another life, I want to live again. I grew up in College Station, and I want to live again where I can grow water oaks. I love them. Um, but they've been through somewhere in the last 500,000 years another winter like this, and they survived. And, and if they didn't, then we wouldn't have them. They'd be in the fossil records, and so th- these are going to survive. This was a, a very bad winter, um, and and I guess there will be some that were weakened and had other problems going into the winter and, and will be lost. But what the arborists are telling, two, two arborists of the year for the state of Texas, as well as the uh, foresters for the Texas Forest Service. Uh, I contacted uh, the the folks at the Texas Forest Service at Texas A&M. I said, we need to have a a joint message that we all give out to the state of Texas. And I said, let me on my Facebook page ask people to show me their oak trees, uh, where they are, tell me where you are, what kind of oak you have, and what does it look like if it has any kind of challenge. And they said, that'd be great. And so I posted a photo on my Facebook page, which has about 100,000 people on it. And I had, in, in just a matter of uh, 36 hours, uh, about, I think it was 150,000 responses and wow. about three or 4,000 photographs from Aransas Pass to the Panhandle. Oh, I mean, wow. it covered the whole state. And there was damage to all kinds of oaks. I think the one oak that worries me is Monterey Oak which is uh, a tree that is we, we have grown beyond its native range 
But water oaks are native to Washington County and to Brazos County, and so there's no reason to think they were damaged. Sit tight. Uh, for whatever their reason, oaks, uh, live oaks, schumard red oaks, water oaks are leafing out really slowly and strangely, but they are coming along. Mercy. They are coming along like a teenager cleaning his room. <laughs> it's, it's just pathetic. But don't give up yet. Okay. The good news is they're, they're strong trees and they're not going to fall over just because they, they uh, even if, if in the worst case they were dead, they're not going to fall over right away. So. Okay, good. That's my, that's my $35 answer and you can have it today only for free. All right. You've been very helpful as always. All right. Thanks. It may, it may be you'll eventually have to have it cut down, but the odds are not very great. So good okay. luck with it. Thanks for calling. Great. All right. Let me go to Diane and Diane is in Canyon. Diane, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning to you. Thank you for taking my call. Certainly. I have a question. We are new to this area, and we have a well for our water. Uh, the water from the sprinkler is making terrible mineral deposits on my French doors. Do you have any suggestions for that? Um. I have to tell you, in taking almost half a million phone calls, I have never had that question before. I mean, I've seen it, and I've, I've thought about it, but I've never had anybody call and ask, so I've never been uh, had my feet put to the fire. Now my feet are in the fire, <laughs> yeah, right here in front of, front of everybody. Um, that's going to be have, difficult. I have Googled, done Internet searches, and I've tried about everything that I have found, sure. and nothing works. Well, what I am wondering is I would approach it from a different direction. The, the minerals are in the water, and so I, I, I guess there are ways to get minerals out of water, but you don't want to do that necessarily to irrigation water uh, because that may put minerals in that your plants don't, uh, don't benefit from. Excuse the grammar. So I think, I think what I would do is try to find, um, try to find some kind of paint that might repel any kind of the, the, I, I really don't know what I'm talking about, Diane. First of all, I need yeah, to tell you that because people people find out too. fast enough anyway. But okay. there are epo there are epoxy paints that will repel taggers, the the people who put graffiti on on walls. And I wonder if there's any kind of an epoxy paint at a at a really good paint store, maybe in in Canyon or even then in Amarillo, um, that that would keep the stain from adhering or that could be easily cleaned i don't that would be something i would at least ask about have you looked at that the, these are my glass doors oh oh it's oh, the oh, glass oh, 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 that oh. has the mineral deposit i got you oh i'm that's that's pretty far afield for me i don't know uh where okay. it could be. that's that's more of a handyman thing than it is a gardening thing um I don't know. Okay. Well, I Short thank you so of, much. Yeah, nah, I didn't help you at all. I get a zero for my test. Um, I I think in that case I would I would I would contact the best glass company in Amarillo and ask their advice, their help, because yeah, I have bought stuff from them and it doesn't do anything. All right, then go to the manufacturer. I have a similar thing going on right now. We have a paved stone driveway. Pavestone is the interlocking concrete pavers. And uh, a man who works for me occasionally brought his forklift to um, move uh, 
eight pallets of my books when they were brought on a in a in a truck to to my home out in the country and as he spun his forklift around he has ground tire uh, rubber into my pavestone and yeah. it looks terrible and now i'm, I'm going to I had our grandson who does power washing out last night, and he could not get it out. Uh, solvents are just going to make it spread, like getting a stain out of like ink out of a, a shirt pocket. So I'm going to contact Pavestone next week and ask what what they suggest to cities and and to other people in industrial settings where there's a lot of traffic. So sometimes going back to the manufacturer is is a, a way to go. I'm I'm helpless and hopeless for you. But I tried. Well, I know you did, and I, I thank you very much. Have a good day. Sorry I didn't Okay, help thank you. you. All right, sure, sure, sure. All right, let me get a break in. We will go to Brenda in Amarillo, Richard in Lot, and John in College Station. I see plants on all three of those. I think I'm better equipped there, maybe. Um, Neil Spray's eGardens, my free electronic newsletter. It comes from my computer directly to your email. That's kind of cool. It's free. So you never have to worry about paying for it. You're not going to get a bill that says, well, now that you've had a chance to try it, what do you think? It'll be so much money. No, it won't be. It'll be free. And it uh, will never, I'll never send you a spam email that says, hey, since you subscribe to eGardens, which is free, how would you like to have this or that? I don't do that. Nor do I give or sell your email address to anybody who might. I don't give or sell it to anybody. So you get 52 eGardens a year. That's it. If there's some kind of a terrific and horrific uh, plague of insects or a weather alert, I did this back in February, the weather alert, you might get an extra eGardens, or it might come out a day early because of some kind of an alert or a holiday or something. But you get just what I say every Thursday night right after 6 p.m. There always will be a featured plant of the week. There always will be a featured question of the week, something that I have been asked repeatedly. Uh, that is very timely, not uh, not some weird thing that only one person would want to know. What is this little weed coming up in my flower bed? No, you're not going to get that. Um, and also gardening this weekend where I point out the 12 or 14 things that are most, most critical for you to get done in that weekend. Really time-sensitive things. So that's what eGardens is about. If you want to see what it looks like, what the last issue that went out night before last looks like, go to my website. That's where you sign up for it. That's at neilsperry.com. Everything kind of revolves around the website, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Neil Sperry's eGardens. Scroll on down. You'll see the place to sign up, and you'll see the most recent issue. And that website is where you also can buy my latest book at that fabulous discount. Neil Sperry's eGardens at neilsperry.com. More after these messages. All right, Kelly Robinson, thank you, sir. And uh, he has offered you a line, and that's exactly what we have, one line, 888-256-1080. Hope you will call. We have Brenda in Amarillo. Brenda, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. We appreciate you sharing your gifts with us. Well, thank you. I am trying to figure out the best way to kill some garlic chives. We bought a house last year, and they are thick in the yard, and I cannot get rid of them. Well, uh, the uh, the way that any of the any of the I'm going to refer to wild onions because they're in the same category 
and mm-hmm. it's a very it's a very common weed and it will be listed on weed killer labels. If you find products that contain 2,4-D uh, that are broadleafed weed killers, they will every once in a while you'll see a brand that will say even kills wild onions. And, okay. uh, and that's what you're looking for. Even if it doesn't say that, sometimes they'll even put it on a starburst because, because those are annoying and, and somewhat notorious for being hard to kill. The secret, uh, is with, with killing any weeds with a broadleafed weed killer or any weed killer spray is to have as much growth as you can, as you can stand to look at. Uh, mm-hmm. Because these things go in through leaves. Uh, the, the 2,4-D product goes in through leaves. Let me put it that way. Uh, let's see, I, I don't want to get this overly complicated. 2,4-D was the original broadleafed weed killer. Back when my dad was working with Texas A&M and when I was a teenager in high school, which is back in the 1700s, uh, it, it, <laughs> was the, it was a broadleafed weed killer. And then it was very successful uh, 30 years ago, 35 years ago, additional weed killers were blended into it in a, in a combined product called Trimec, T-R-I-M-E-C. And those two weed killers go into the soil and kill plants from the roots also, which sounds like a great idea, but then you have to worry more about trees that have roots in that soil too. And so I worry a little uh-huh. bit more about recommending those. You can still find products that only have 2,4-D in them. The, uh, the Texas-based company that is Fertilome and High Yield, they're partner uh, parts of the same company out of Bonham, they have a 2,4-D-only product. So either way. Fertilome does? Yeah, Fertilome does, or High okay. Yield, one or the other. But they're sister companies. It's just two different, okay. two different parts of the same company. And the secret is to get as much growth as you can get and to put a drop or two of a liquid dishwashing detergent into your sprayer, into your into your two-gallon spray tank, as you're mixing, that um, that dishwashing detergent will break up the surface tension on the waxy leaves of the onion family plants. They all have that kind of waxy surface, and if uh-huh. you don't do that, uh, the the spray will beat up and roll off like uh, on canvas. And, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, if if you ever notice at a at a at the highest price of a drive-through car wash, they offer an option that that uh, gives you some kind of protectant. Well, that protectant puts a surface across that lets water roll off. Well, uh, in the case of of putting that dishwash uh, detergent in, it will help hold the the weed killer right there on the leaves. That's why I like to use a tank sprayer that you pump up because you can adjust it to a fairly fine mist, not a mist, but a fine droplet size. And again, mm-hmm. that won't that won't roll off like the uh, like the hose end sprayers do. I can be a lot more precise. Okay. So that's that's the whole story on the, as much leaf area as you can. A tank sprayer. Uh, with 2,4-D in it, and if if you don't have a lot of trees, you, and in fact, even with, with trees, I have used the, the Trimec combined materials. I can't recommend it to you, but I have used them beneath trees with a, with a tank sprayer where I'm applying it only to the leaves of the, of the weeds. In my case, it was poison ivy. Um, okay. Because I know I'm not 
soaking the soil with it. It's just going onto the leaves. But that's your right. risk. You know, if you, they're if you mainly around rose bushes in my yard. Well, you're gonna have to be really careful around roses because it will drift, and so you'll have to be very, very careful with uh, with it. I would uh, probably have uh, somebody with a big piece of cardboard lay that cardboard in against the stem of the rose as a baffle so it doesn't woof up into the rose bush okay. while you're spraying. And you spray kind of the, the baffles at a 45-degree angle. I'm, I'm doing hand gestures all over the studio here. <laughs> and, and you're spraying beneath the baffle onto the, onto the garlic chives. Okay. That okay. makes all the sense in the world to me. Probably I well, am the only person in the world. <laughs> it makes sense to me, too. I Attica. just think those things are from the devil because they're hard to get rid of. They are. They are. They're tenacious. Okay. Thank you Thank so much, Thank you, Brenda. Neil. Have a great day. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Her line is open, and that is 888-256-1080. My book is Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. All of that is explained. It only takes me in my book 37 pages to say what I... No, it doesn't. Uh, but I, all of that is explained in the book as to how to control weeds. It's it's a part of the book. It is not 37 pages. It's all written down very very plainly and succinctly, and you can read it twice if, if it doesn't make sense first time. Um, my book is uh, 344 pages, 840 of my best photographs, 11 chapters, and it is written for every county in the great state of Texas. Chapter 1 is the basics of gardening in Texas. It discusses the hardiness zones of Texas using the 1990 hardiness zone map. And boy, did that come into effect in February of 2021. Oh, my. The newer hardiness zone map from 2012-2012 went out the window in February. So this, uh, this book was written after that. But, oh, my goodness. Anyway, that's in there. Uh, Chapter 2 is the calendar of when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all the plants in your landscape and garden. Four pages per month of when to do all those important tasks for every county in Texas. And uh, so no matter where you're hearing me, this book will apply to you. Chapter 3 is a really comprehensive chapter on trees. It took me six weeks on that chapter to write that chapter, then shrubs, then vines and ground covers, and uh, then annuals and perennials. Those were those took a long time to write. Uh, then lawns, fruit, and vegetables. It's all in here, 840 of my best photographs in the book. It's a hardback printed in San Antonio by Clear Visions, and I could not be happier with one of my works of my life. I think it's the best thing I've ever done. Carolyn Skye was my editor. Thank you, Carolyn. She put me on track. And uh, thank you, Cindy Smith, for the graphic layout that she did. She took all 840 photos and made a book out of them for me. Oh, my goodness. I'm happy to hand this to you and say I think this will be the only gardening reference you really need to have. I, I have others that I use, too. Sure, I do. But Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening, not in stores, not on Amazon. You buy it from my website or you call my office Monday through Friday, this week, Tuesday through Friday. Now, here's the deal that I have for you. Uh, for a very limited time longer, just days now, because I'm almost caught up on the signing, uh, because I got behind signing when we were uh, producing the fifth printing of this book, not the fifth edition, but the fifth printing, 
this book is absolutely different from the old cowboy boot book. I got behind and I offered it at thirty one ninety five plus tax and postage. It will be thirty six ninety five once uh, I get caught up. You can still get it for a very limited time at thirty one ninety five, but you must react immediately. Order it by calling my office Tuesday through Friday at 800-752-GROW, 800-752-4769. The better way, though, is to order it right now at neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. More after these messages. Thank you, Kelly. Let's go to Richard in Lot. Richard, where is Lot? Highway 77, 27 miles south of Waco. Gotcha. How can I help Waco you? Waco and Cameron. Gotcha. Um, wanting to plant some trees. I've planted them past and uh, didn't have a whole lot of luck with uh, fruitless cherry trees. Um, don't know what happened. I had two things told to me. One was you take them out of the bucket, you put them in the ground with the roots all together. Another person told me you take them and break the roots apart so that they can spread out. Richard, uh, if you planted cherry question. trees in central Texas, that alone is well, enough to explain why you didn't do well with them. They are not happy in Texas. Okay, so fruitless or not? Uh, Doesn't matter at all. Cherries, cherries okay. are... Yeah, we're about 15 degrees too hot for cherries, summer and winter. Uh, yeah, I don't know why they would even sell them, uh, selling them in Temple. Uh, that's been a while back. But the other you want to ask is, about live oak uh, and peach? I'm, I'm kind of running yeah. behind. Let me help you with what you want to find out about. Sure. What? How what can I, I help need, you? Uh, just, uh, what, is this the time to plant them? When is the time to plant uh, fruit trees and just oak trees in general? Best time to plant trees, uh, shade trees, and that would be live oaks, and other shade trees would be October because that way you okay. have passed all the hot, dry weather and you're looking at better growing conditions so they can get established through the fall and the winter and spring and be ready for the next summer. Uh, you wanna, you're okay. going to have to water them by hand for their first couple of years, and there's no point in just planting them right before. You can plant them now if you want to, but you really have to water them every uh, three or three four summer. days if you, if you uh, plant them now. Uh, fruit trees are generally sold bare-rooted, uh, but if you can find them that are in containers, you can plant them uh, at that same time in the fall. But it's really hard to find fruit trees in the fall. The, the most common time would be uh, to, to plant them in, uh, in January or February. You need to be sure that you get peach trees that are of a variety that is adapted to your area, to Lot, Texas, to your county. Um, and you can find online from Texas A&M the best varieties for your area. If you go to one of the national chain stores, you have almost zero chance of getting a peach or any other fruit tree that's going to do well in your area. They're bought nationally. Um, You you go to a a local independent retail garden center, you'll have a much better chance. You buy from Womack's and DeLeon, you'll have a very good chance they grow for Texas. Those Those are the ways that you get the best chance. 
Good deal. Thank you much. Appreciate You're your help. You're welcome. Thanks for the call, Richard. Good luck with them. All right, com is my website. I refer you to it for uh, eGardens to sign up for eGardens, my free electronic newsletter. That's the, the only place you can buy my book other than calling my office, so it's a pretty valuable place for you. That's neilsperry.com. My 1,001 frequently asked questions are there and uh, some archived information on Rose Rosette virus, that awful virus for which we really don't have much control. That's at neilsperry.com. You have to spell my name right to get to the right website, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y. Dot com. Homegrown goodness, that's what Mueller is all about. They've been producing quality steel buildings and metal roofing right here in Texas for 90 years. Well, now you can grow a Mueller greenhouse right in your own backyard. They're easy-to-assemble, bolt-together greenhouses come in five sizes, from 6x9 to 12x21. And they feature a galvanized steel frame with more than 30 designer trim colors from which to choose. With hail-resistant polycarbonate panels, lockable walk doors and windows, a Mueller greenhouse will let the sun shine in while it protects your plants year-round. Don't let the weather ruin what you've worked so hard to produce. Get a great greenhouse from a Texas-grown company. Visit them online at MuellerInc.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com, or give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877-268-3553. MuellerInc.com, Mueller Greenhouses. Mueller means more. I'll have more after this message. All right. Thank you very much, Kelly. We have uh, just about three minutes. Let me quickly go to two calls from College Station. We will start first with uh, John from College Station. John, this is Neil. How may I help you? Neil, how are you? I'm just, uh, you saved me a lot of time over the years and a lot of work. We Good deal. Good, how can I help today? The, we have, I planted a Palo Verde tree and a couple of cousins of Palo Verde uh, two years ago. And the this is your comment on don't cut stuff down. My wife wanted me to get rid of the Palo Verde because it was dead to the ground. It, it sprung back. It's growing again. So your advice on all that kind of stuff is really great. Good. Now, my question is, I've got a patch of St. Augustine in my backyard, and I've done a lot of work with St. Augustine, and I asked a bunch of questions. But I've got a spot that one of my female dogs goes right there to use the restroom all the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming it's burned out because of that. So my plan is to put some peat moss down, a little bit of uh, topsoil, and then put plugs in to fill that back out. Does that sound about right? Yeah, it does, and you can create your own plugs if you want to by digging from around the perimeter of your lawn. I don't know about the peat moss, whether that would be necessary. I think you can just uh, water it very heavily and leach out the excess minerals. It's just mineral okay. salt. But okay. she's going to have the same habit. and. Uh, well, I'm going to fence it off for a while, so. Okay. All right. All right. Well, and I hope she likes her diapers. Eh. <laughs> That's annoying. <laughs> you know, it's uh, when people uh, send me a photo and, and uh, they have this spot out in the middle of the lawn or, or three or four, and I say, do you have a female dog? Well, yes. How do you know? Yeah, <laughs> it's like I'm it. clairvoyant all of a sudden. Yep. <laughs> but so. you saved me a lot of work as far as my wife saying, you need to cut that stuff out and we're going to put some new stuff in. I said, no, Neil says. Yeah. So we waited, well, and it was perfect. So thank you well, very good much. Good deal. Well, I appreciate your call, John. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to jump care. over to Jennifer in College Station. I have about a minute to help her. Jennifer, really quickly, how can I help? 
sure. I've got some random Bermuda grass invading my St. Augustine lawn and was just wondering how to cultivate the St. Augustine to get rid of it or what products to apply to the Bermuda to get rid of it. It's not, uh, there it's not is, coming from the neighbors. It's like a there is nothing you can use that will get rid of one grass in another grass without killing okay. both grasses, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. However, to, in your behalf, the, the good news is that St. Augustine is the more dominant of the two grasses. And so what you need to do is mow at two inches. That will that will favor the St. Augustine, two to two and a half. Uh, fertilize uh, at the St. Augustine level. Make sure that you don't let the St. Augustine get dry. Make sure that you don't let chinch bugs take over in the summer and, and damage the St. Augustine. Uh, it will crowd into Bermuda. I have uh, I had an acre of Saint, of Bermuda grass on a hill uh, where our boys and I played football when they were young, and the St. Augustine was accidentally introduced at one corner of that, and it's now all St. Augustine. It's just grown right. across it. So it can happen. Just favor Thank the St. Augustine. It will happen. You bet. All right, folks, that's it. I'm out of time for this Memorial Day weekend. Be safe and be respectful for what this holiday is about. Jared Taylor, thank you. Nice job. Until next week, happy gardening.